0: Okay, we're in uh, Boogeyman. This is the last week of Boogeyman. The last week. Last week. I must say that this has been, this series has been my greatest pleasure uh, preaching uh, in terms of a series probably since I've been youth pastor. It's just been really great and I've seen a lot of... Life change, and in these last eleven weeks, some of us have gone through it, and some of us have gone through it together. And I think there's a reason for that. And um, I've I was going through it this week, and uh, and I'm on the other side now. But um, it's funny how that happens. Is is you you uh, get to talk about something like anxiety and, and conquering it, and and it seems as if God gives us every opportunity to face it uh, during that time, and so. Um, but it's been great, and so, but I, I don't want to, this isn't like a, oh man, bummer, what's next? The next series is going to be awesome. It's going to be really good, and it's called Hurry Up and Slow Down, and it's going to be about walking at the pace of grace, and walking with Jesus at his pace, and it's just going to be super good, so be prepared for that, and here's the other thing. This series is so good, but also, let's get our friends here so that they can hear what Jesus is saying, uh, wanting to say to them and what God is speaking in this place, and then that their lives can be changed from the inside out too, right? Whose life would you say, has your life been better because of youth group? Raise your hand if your life has been better because of youth group. Okay, so now let's find a friend. I'm going to give you a challenge. We've got three weeks to the next series. Each and every one of you, I want you to just find one friend. Think of one friend that you can, they don't even have to say yes. I just want you to invite them. That's it one friend, that you can say, hey, would you come to youth with me? It's super fun. It's really great. I think you'd really enjoy it. Um, and even if you, could, you, you can pick them up or your parents can pick them up. However, one friend, can we all, can we all commit to do that? You, you don't, I'm not making you bring a friend because sometimes people say no, but there's statistics out there actually that it's about 80% of the time that you ask, they'll say yes. Okay. So, and don't like be like, hey, come like." Be like, hey, I, I, you know, I've been, you've been on my mind recently. We're good friends. Would you want to come to church with me? Um, come to a youth group with me. It's super fun. The people there are amazing. They're literally the best friends I have. And I don't know, there's something about it. I think you would really appreciate it. Okay, so get your friends here um, sometime in the next three weeks, and it's going to be amazing. Okay, everybody, one friend, pinky promise. Put about, put it up, pinky promise. All right, sounds good. Um. But this is the last week. We're going to end it good. It's going to be awesome. So if you're taking notes, which I would love for you to do, um, but if you're not, it's okay. But if you're taking notes, the title of tonight's message is CALM. Uh, And it's an acronym that we're going to talk about and dissect. And it's an acronym I talked about. I think it was week one or two I I mentioned this. And so we're kind of going back to it. We're going to to take the whole message today to dive into this. Um, But it's really good. We've all, been, uh, we've all been in situations, whether it been the last 11 weeks or just before that, and I know that some of us have struggled with anxiety and some of us don't really, but have had moments of anxiety, but we've all been in situations where anxiety grips our hearts and minds, right? And life gets heavy, and sometimes, if we're being honest, we freak out. Anybody ever freaked out before? Raise your hand if you ever freaked out before. Okay, good. I'm in good company. And funny enough, this happened to me like yesterday. <laughs> um, the weight of the world got really heavy for me all of a sudden. And if you ask, you could ask Danielle. I'm not. I'm not lying. Yesterday, it was progressive through the day, and then at the end of the day, it just all um <laughs> kind of came out. And but it felt like that. It felt like the the weight of the world got just too heavy for me, I couldn't, I couldn't hold on anymore, and I got really anxious, and I, I told Danielle, I was on the phone last night, driving home from the gym, and the gym was really good, really therapeutic for me, but I was driving home from the gym, and Danielle was like, well, well, what's wrong, like, what, I was like, I'm just, I'm just, there's a lot, there's just a lot I got to do, there's a lot going on, there's a lot, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed, and then she's like, well, you've been overwhelmed in the past and you're, she's like, you have a high capacity to do a lot of stuff. So why, what's, what's different? And then, and then I just told her and I'm just being really vulnerable with you guys. I just told her, I was like, I don't, I don't feel successful at anything. And this isn't for me to like, <laughs> get like a, uh, like, Oh, type thing. Cause we're good now. We talked it out. But what happened with, and the reason I'm saying this is this is what happens when you fall into anxiety, when you fall into this kind of mindset, everything starts getting really, because I know I'm successful at things, and it's not about my success, but I know that I'm doing my very best to be a good husband, to be a good father, to be a good pastor to you guys, uh, to all these things. But for whatever reason, last night, I told Danielle Danielle that. I was like, I feel like I'm doing a lot, and I feel like I'm not successful at any of it. Um, And I feel like I'm not, I told her, I was like, I feel like I'm not getting any affirmation in any of it, if that makes sense. Like, you get a hundred percent on a test, and you get Thumbs up, but then she reminded me of things like that, like, "Hey, you're doing good in school. You're doing." She's like, "You're a great husband, you're a great father, whatever." She's like, "Students love you know." So we'd like talk to this whole thing, but then I decided I need to go home. I need to write everything down, everything, everything I'm doing. So I wrote it all down, and I was like, "What can I just like put to the side for a month?" <laughs> and so I took some things that I thought were really important that I wanted to get done for the church, but I was like, "You know what? That's gonna have to wait because I don't, I don't have the capacity to do it." So then I, I, I hurried up, and I slowed down, <laughs> and so I took my stuff, and I, and I separated, but anyways, we all get in this moment, if you guys ever been there, where you just feel like all of a sudden, you got a test due at midnight, and you got all this different stuff, and you're like, ah, I'm freaking out, I don't know how to do this, ah. right, in college, I was due for like a, a serious breakdown, like once a year, where I'm like in my car with Danielle just weeping, she's like, oh, here it is, here's your breakdown this year, and it was usually around whenever the 12-page paper was due that I hadn't even started, and it was due in like two days. But we've all been in scenarios where we get overwhelmed, where we get anxious. How am I going to do good? Or like, like I said, for me, you just don't feel like you're doing good at anything. And what does that mean? In, in, in hindsight, looking to yesterday, it's pretty fresh so I can think about it. Like, What does that mean about me? Does that mean I'm actually failing at everything? Does it mean that I'm a bad father? Does it mean I'm a bad husband? Does it mean I'm a bad pastor? Does it mean I'm a bad student? I'm a bad... Uh, whatever, no. What it means is, I'm human. And so when you get down, and when you find yourself in that time where you're like, I don't feel like, I, I feel like I'm feeling, I feel like I'm not being successful. It's not because there's anything wrong with you. It's not because you're emotionally unstable. It's not because you don't have the capacity to grow to those uh, goals that you have—it's not any of those things. It's simply because you're human, and we're all humans, and we all feel that way sometimes. And Jackson and I were talking, and s- there's certain things that just that just play into it. Jackson and I were talking last night, and he was he was uh, taking a supplement for for working out, like a protein thing, and he's like, "Dude, I've just been so down recently," and he looks at reviews for this protein powder thing, and it's saying that it's super high in BCAAs, which you don't need to know what those are, but that BCAAs lower serotonin levels. So then they're like, if you struggle with anxiety or depression, don't buy this product. And Jackson's like, well, thanks for letting me know. you know. But sometimes it's just silly things like that that we're like, oh, you know, why am I down? Why am I whatever? Maybe we just ate like crap for a whole week. Maybe we didn't get any sunlight for a whole week. Maybe we're taking protein that's making us depressed. Maybe maybe it's, you know what I mean? It could be all sorts of different things. For me, it was just that I had a whole bunch of stuff on my list, and I had all of them at equal importance. And so because all of them were at equal importance, I couldn't get any of them done. So I needed to prioritize which one of these need to get done first, and which and what, an example is, I we've got a I have a connection with the guy that works at Bethel, you know, like Bethel Worship, who's going to redo our live stream sound. So it's going to sound amazing. And I really want to get that done. But that went to the bottom of priority list. It's just, it's just not, it can't happen right now. Uh, because we have youth convention, summer camp, Easter, Good Friday, <laughs> a new stage design that's coming in a couple of weeks. We've got all these different things that I've got to get done. And our live stream audio sounds pretty, pretty good right now. So that. It's going to get done, but it's not going to get done today. Does that make sense? So sometimes we just have to, like, figure out a plan. And for Jackson, his plan was really easy. Just like, stop buying the protein. <laughs> like, sometimes we just have to figure out a plan of how to help ourselves and then just execute it. Just do it. Amen? Christians will encounter and fight anxiety. The purpose of this series is not to tell you that if you follow Jesus, you're never going to be anxious, because that'd be a lie. I'm a pastor who's devoted, since I was 18 or so, devoted that portion of my life. So coming up on, I'm not going to say that, um, <laughs> 10 years. Um, I've devoted that portion of my life to following Jesus with everything I can. Everything I have, and then trying to get as many people to follow with me. Does that make sense? And for even a person like me who's followed Jesus every day as as best as I can, and I and I and I'm not good at it. Sometimes we all stumble and fall or whatever. But even for me, I found myself in a moment yesterday where I was like almost in tears talking to Danielle, just telling I don't I don't feel I don't feel good. I don't feel myself. I feel down. And if you know me, it's not very often where I'm like oh, I'm just feeling down. And so when it hits me, it hits me hard. But Christians, being a Christian is not the way out of anxiety. We're going to have moments that we're anxious. Jesus had moments of anxiety. You're like, what? Jesus had moments of anxiety? Let me prove it to you. Open your Bibles if you'll. Matthew 26. We're going to read verse 36 through 40. And all this is not to bring you further down where like, dang, I'm just going to be anxious forever. No. What I'm saying is you're going to have moments of anxiety, What do you do with those? You don't have to live in the prison of anxiety. Amen? Matthew 26, 36. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. So he's got his 12 disciples. He said, sit here. I'm going to go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and two, the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Jesus was sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Some uh, translations say, I'm, very, I'm deeply saddened, even to the point of death. What does that sound like to us? Sounds a whole lot like depression. Sounds a whole lot like a massive amount of anxiety. Right? This is Jesus, Savior of the world. says, my soul is sorrowful to the point of death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed. If Jesus... He's going to fall on his face and pray. I think we need to do it a little bit more. <laughs> Amen. Saying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. The cup meaning Jesus knew that he was about to be beaten, tortured, and crucified. And Jesus being a human, Jesus is fully human and fully God. Jesus being a human said, I'm not super down. <laughs> like that sounds like it's going to suck. And he was anxious and sorrowful to the point of death. So he he prays. And he says, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. I think that's where it ends, right? Yeah. And then in Luke 22... 44 it's a, it's a same story told by a different person Luke 22:44 it says let me get there real quick in being in an agony he prayed more earnestly and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground you ever been so anxious you you get hot and you start sweating and you get nervous and you're like, oh like Jesus was that that was Jesus, and he was so anxious and so nervous and sorrowful that he started sweating blood. Jesus was I think it's safe to say Jesus was anxious in that moment. <laughs> right? And so for us, whenever you have a moment of anxiety. Don't think there's anything wrong with you. Jesus, the Bible says it, it's very clear, Jesus was perfect. So you having moments of anxiety does not mean you're imperfect. It means you're human. Jesus was anxious, but here's the thing, Jesus didn't stay there. Right, he gave up control to his heavenly father. He said, if you will, take this cup from me, that'd be sick, but also, if not, It's okay. Your will be done, not mine. Why? Because he trusted the Father enough that God's will is better than our will. And even though Jesus went through immense amount of pain and torture and all these other things, what happened was saving grace for all of humanity. And he rose again three days later. Jesus didn't stay there. He gave up control to God, to his heavenly father, and he completed the mission. He gave up control, and he completed the mission. Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Let's go to our text that we've been in uh, this whole time. If I can uh, get to it here pretty quick. If not, I'm just going to look at the screen. Let's see. Oh, it was right there. Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Okay. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. We've heard that a million times over the last 11 weeks. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, with what? Thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. This is Paul's prescription for anxiety. This is what Paul funny enough, would have given Jesus. But Jesus already knew that, and he did all those things. He, he made his request known to God with thanksgiving, with praise, right? And he was anxious in the moment, but he wasn't anxious afterwards. Amen? So I want to leave you in this series with an acronym, the acronym that we talked about at the beginning called CALM. And I'm thinking about, I haven't done it yet, but if I made like a screensaver with the acronym and all of that, would you guys take it and put it as your screensaver on your phone? Would that be cool? Would you want me to do that? Raise your hand if that would be cool for me to do. Okay. I'll do that, and I'll send it. What I'll do is I'll post it on the Echo uh, Instagram story probably tomorrow, and then you could just screenshot it from the story. Is that cool? And then you could set it as your background. And it'll just say, Uh, C-A-L-M, and it'll say each thing. And so you could just set it as your screensaver so you can remind yourself of what to do here. So the acronym is CALM, and we're just going to go through this uh, to end. So the C stands for Celebrate God's Goodness. The beginning of that scripture in Philippians says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say... Rejoice. So the the point here, the point of celebrating God's goodness is to turn your attention fully to God. And to take your attention away from the problem. Turn your attention away from the problem for a second and celebrate God for a few minutes. Right When you walk into a moment of anxiety, something you're afraid of, you have, you have fear welling up, You take your focus off of it and turn it to God for a few minutes, and you'll find that the problem seems a lot smaller than it did when you first encountered it. If you look at the problem for long enough, the problem will get really big. If you look at God for long enough, the problem will get really small. Can I use somebody as an example? Who is... The smallest person in the room. <laughs> Ken. Uh, Karis, come on up here. Come on up on stage and just hang out here for a second. I'm gonna grab a prop. Be right back. Can you guys still hear me? Sick. All right, Karis. You're gonna you're gonna put this on. Hold that. And then face everybody. Does that look pretty big? It looks pretty big, right? Okay, let me have it. Now, Ken, come up here. (laughs) Here, wait, wait, you put it on one more time. Hold it like you're going to play it. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah, it's your boy, Ken. Okay, so it looks pretty big. Okay, now, uh, Ken. uh, Yeah, yeah. And then uh, hold it like you're going to play it. And then turn towards. So all of a sudden, it looks a little bit smaller, right? It looks smaller. Okay, but listen, listen, what changed? The guitar didn't change, right? Our perspective changed. Our perspective of the guitar changed because because Ken is bigger than Kara's. And because God is bigger than your problem, if you focus on God, the problem looks smaller than if you focus on yourself and the problem. Does that make sense? And so uh, us turning our focus to God, makes the problem seem a lot smaller. And here's the thing. To us, it's not any smaller. But to Ken, the guitar is smaller than it is to Karis. So for us, it doesn't change. But for him, it does. He can carry the weight of this pretty easily. And it's probably pretty heavy for you, right? It's a pretty heavy guitar. Thank you, guys. Uh, you can take that off. Um, everybody give it up for them. I'm making Caleb do work today. Uh, But, anyways, the point is to focus on God and our problems become a little bit smaller. Amen? So, our view of the problem depends on our perspective. Psalms uh, 121 1 through 2 says, I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Who made heaven and earth? I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Let me give you another example. That first line says, "I lift my eyes up." So I've used this example before, but it's going to help illustrate this. So two two things that happen here: perspective changes everything. Perspective of the guitar changed with Ken versus with Karis. And also, here's here's the thing: I uh, I for exercise and. You know, just for fun, I, I train jujitsu every once in a while. And, uh, and one of the things that they talk about in jiu-jitsu all the time is that wherever your eyes go, your body will follow. So if I'm trying to get out of someone's guard, which is just they have like their legs wrapped around, they're trying to choke me out or something. If I'm trying to break out of that, the point is not to keep looking at them. The point is to look at where I want to go. And where I want to go is up and out. So I'll look up like this. And, and, then, and then it breaks. Does that make sense? Or if I want to, there's a there's a move called bridging where you kind of go one way or the other. If, I, if I'm trying to bridge that way and my head's turned this way, it just, <laughs> just doesn't work. But if I bridge this way and my eyes go that way, it's really easy to go. If you're driving and you're going to uh, merge this way and you're looking this way, it just doesn't work very good, right? Wherever your eyes go... You're gonna follow. Does that make sense? And and so it's all about perspective. So what happened in this scripture? I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Right? So when you when when they needed God's help, the writer of the Psalms, what did they do? They looked up. They changed their perspective. They looked, and where they look, their their body will follow. Where they look, they will follow. Their soul, their spirit, everything. Where we where we fix our eyes, literally and hypothetically, everything else will follow. Amen. So focus on the problem and you end up in trouble. Focus on God and you end up safe. Peter fell on the water in, in, in Matthew chapter 14, you know, where, where got Jesus is walking on water, and then Peter, he, he calls out to Peter, come, come to me, and Peter's like, okay, cool. And Peter steps out. On the water and like tiptoes on the water and he's walking on water. Super cool. Everyone makes fun of Peter, but he was the only one to actually do it. So, but what happened? Does anybody know what happened to Peter when he's walking on water? He sunk. Why did he sink? He took where did he start looking at the water? So, where did his body go (laughs) into the water? And the whole time he was looking at Jesus, where was he going? To Jesus. Right. It's this it's this principle that we find everywhere. We find it in nature. We find it in jujitsu and we find it in Matthew chapter 14 with Peter. Right. Where our eyes go, everything else will follow. So. Celebrate God, because as we fix our eyes on God, we can't have time for anxiety and we can't have time for stress we can't have time for depression we can't have time for problems because our focus is on Jesus amen the so that's the C the A stands for ask God for help Philippians 4 6 the same scripture we've been talking about it says let your request be made known to God Jesus when he was praying said if you will take this cup from me he asked God for help fear can trigger prayer or despair Once we focus on and celebrate God, we realize we can simply ask him for help. Psalms 50 verse 15 says, call on me in the day of trouble. It's all over the Bible. Like, we're like, oh, you know, God doesn't care about my problems. Yes, he does. God cares deeply about your problems. So call on him. Ask him for help. Matthew 7, 7 says, Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. It continues on, knocking the door shall be opened. All these different things, but just ask, right? God, I need help. I remember when I was I was in like seventh or eighth grade or something. We had a final, and uh, for some reason I don't know why I thought this class didn't have a final. So I walked in to the final, not knowing there was a final, and obviously that's a me problem. But at the same time, I was like, I prayed this prayer. I was like, Look, God, I know, I know I didn't pay attention. I know. I haven't been the best student this semester, but I said, God, you know what? Whatever is in here, just help me to remember that. And help me to j- at least pass this test. And you know what? I've just passed it. And But while I was taking the test, my anxiety went away because it was like, you know what? God, it's in your hands. It's like, if I fail this, you, wanted, you, you were teaching me a lesson, and that's fine. Maybe I need to retake the class. But if I pass it, It was in your hands as well, God, because I gave it over to you, right? So we give things over to God. We ask God for help. Amen? So just ask. The L stands for leave your concerns with God. Everybody say leave it. it. Philippians 4, 7, continue on in that whole big scripture. Guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace that surpasses all understanding. Well, guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So let him take it. Leave it and trust it in his arms. He knows what to do. Example, a good mechanic. Hard to find, but when you do find one, it's awesome. The prices are great. The service is great. You know your car is going to be fixed. And if they don't know how to fix it, they're going to tell you and not rip you off. So it's like, it's amazing having a good mechanic. And what you do when you have a good mechanic is you take your car there and you ask them for help. And then what do you do after that? You leave it. <laughs> For however many days, a couple days or a week or whatever, how long it takes to fix your problem. Take my car there and I leave it. I don't go back and ask them if they need my help. <laughs> I don't go to RJ, who's my mechanic now. He's awesome. I don't go to RJ, call out, hey, yeah, I noticed you were, you know, fixing a leak in my truck. Just wondering if you needed a hand. You <laughs> know, I know quite a lot about this truck, so you might need my help. You don't, you don't do that. You just, you just leave it. <laughs> and if he had a question, what would he do? He'd call me. say, hey, Brad, what was the last time you did this? When was the, whatever. His question is, same thing with God. Leave it with God. And if God wants to bring you back to the topic, he'll bring you back to the topic. Amen? So if I can trust the mechanic with my car, I can trust God with my life. I can trust God with my anxiety. Like I said, yesterday I got overwhelmed by the future. So what did I do? I decided to just focus on today. What am I going to do today? And it helped. And all the other concerns I had, I leave them with God. I leave everything with God. M, the last one, stands for meditate on good things. Philippians 4, 8 says, think on or meditate on these things whatever is good and you know it like goes down that list. Like we said a few weeks ago, think about what you think about. We have a decision to make on whether we're going to live positive lives or negative ones. And you can see it it's like my dad the other day, anybody seen the new Batman? Okay, I'm not going to there's no spoilers here, so it's fine. You're good. Keep watching. But my dad was like, hey, was that Batman good? I was like, dude, it was awesome. He goes, isn't it a little dark? I was like, well, it's Batman. Like, the whole point is he's, it, like, mimicking a bat. Like, yeah, it's dark. <laughs> you know, bats live in caves. It's lit- the, lit- the movie is literally a couple shades darker than a rom-com, like, on your TV. Like, you know, you watch Happy Feet, and everything's bright. And it's, the snow is, and you can see everything perfectly fine. And then you watch Batman, and it's, and it's dark. It's just, it's a couple shades darker. It just, it's just how it is. And same thing with our life. I can make a choice to make the movie that is my life noticeably lighter or noticeably darker. And you see people do this all the time. You see people walk around with a smile on their face. You see it reflected in in how they dress and how they how they uh, present themselves. And not I'm not saying that you have to present yourself in a certain way. I'm just saying it reflects. And you walk you walk around, and on your wedding day you wear white, and at a funeral you wear black. But you have a choice to make. You've seen you've seen those people. Wow, they're so happy, and you've also seen those people who you're like, hmm. let's. I'm just gonna let you do you today because. Looks like you're having a rough one, and uh, I don't know that I want to get involved, right, with the attitude, right, or whatever it is. You ever done that? You walk home, you get home, your sibling's like, yeah, what's up, what's up? You're like, let's go, this is great. Or you get home, and your sibling's like... And you're like, oh yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to avoid you. Uh, open the fridge like <laughs> in your, your head. But we have a choice. Are we going to live an ultimately negative life or an ultimately positive life? If you're living a negative life where you love complaining, you love gossiping, you love hearing about all the terrible things that are happening in the world, and you love, you just eat it up. You just want to hear the gossip and everything that bad is happening. And then you're wondering, why I feel depressed. Right, or you get really excited about people's what what people are uh, achieving, and people and you champion folks, and you're like excited to go experience something new, like when I, I I moved schools eight times when I was a kid. After like the third time, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get to meet new friends. This is gonna be awesome. <laughs> so I like walked into school. What's up? I've never met you before. I'm the new guy. You know, the first couple times I was like, I ate pizza by myself in the bathroom one lunch because I was like, Ugh. after that, I was like, that's lame, dude. Like. It's like Diary of a Wimpy Kid, but I'm the wimpy kid. So I gotta, Let's have some fun. So I'd like walk up. What's up, everybody? I'm the new guy. My name's Brett. Yeah, I, I don't know if I look funny or not, but, you know, here we are. And you just decide to live a happier life. And when you decide to live a happier life and a peace-filled life, all of a sudden you realize you don't get anxious as much. Like me, you're still going to have moments, but it's just not a perpetual life of anxiety and depression. Amen. Chase after the things that bring you joy. You laugh, write it down. (laughs) It sounds funny, but like you laughed at something, you're like, I was hanging out with Jackson. I laughed hysterically. I'm going to hang out with Jackson again, (laughs) right? Like chase things that make you happy. You all raise your hand that youth group has made your life better. That's why you should get here and you should bring all your friends here because we're living in a world where anxiety is running rampant through your generation. And I believe if they get here, it will help. Amen? Count your blessings. And last, like I said before, our bodies follow our eyes. So focus on good things, focus on God, and everything else will follow. Amen? If you remember nothing from the last 11 weeks, remember where are you fixing your eyes? Wherever you're fixing your eyes, you're, everything else is going to follow. Amen? I didn't make that time I said I was going to make. But anyway, stand up. Let's pray. I love you guys. This has been awesome. I'm going to I'm gonna take just as much time and just as much effort to make the next one really good, and so you don't want to miss it. Remember, you guys all pinky promise you're going to invite one friend in the next three weeks and, and get him here, okay? <laughs> um, let's pray. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you. Uh, God, just for the, the last 11 weeks and, and that we were able to do an 11-week series in youth and have it be impactful and awesome. Um, God, we just thank you that you are in control. God, that you know the things that we are worried about, the things that we are anxious about. And so we give those things over to you. God, we ask that you would help us to live a positive life, a life filled with peace, a life filled with your grace. And so we lift your name up and we honor you and we say your, your will be done in our lives. In Jesus' name. Everybody said.